Hello, everyone, and welcome to the roundtable, the Ascension Roundtable. And tonight I'm hosting, my name's Mickey Fuere, and I'm lucky enough to have these beautiful people on the panel. So, Max, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone, I'm Max, um, and I'm very happy to be here with you, connecting with all of you, as always, is a pleasure, and, and uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to share this wonderful moment with each one of these wonderful women and with all of you. Hi, everyone. I'm Isabel Zimmerman. I am, uh, you can find me under Attracting Wisdom. I am an, an Ascension teacher and I love doing these roundtables. Uh, it's really nice to get some feedback from you guys to let us know if it uh, resonates with you and, and it gives you an opportunity to share your journey during this Ascension that we're all in together. Kimberly. Hi, everybody. Kimberly here from Down Under in Australia. Um, yeah, so everybody, um, for those of you don't, who don't know me, I am a counselor and a channel and a light language alchemist. So, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. You can find more about me at KimberlyLate.com. Thank you, everyone, and welcome. So, you know, just for everybody who's listening um, now or later, all of us uh, have all our information um, posted. So, you, you know, you can, um, if you're interested in, in one of us or all of us, you can contact us through the, um, the information that we'll be providing with the video. Voila. So the, um, so I'm, I chose the topic tonight of a relationship with you, um, a, a journey back to self. So, you know, this is about the ascension and the ascension is all about oneself. It's about our personal journey. You know, how, how do I navigate my reality and how does it change as I um, move through time, right? We say time doesn't exist, but we experience time. And certainly from two years ago, I think when we first started doing the, the round table to till now, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like a totally different human being. Um, so where am I right now? And what kind of themes are coming up for me? And I do like to talk about themes because it seems like what was, um, what was, relevant or, or prevalent in my vibration and my uh, human experience six months ago might still be uh, something that comes up in my present moment, but how I, my relationship with that experience and with that theme or that subject um, certainly changes. And that's what I wanted to talk about tonight because um, you know, we've talked a lot about many, many different things, and it always comes back to that personal journey. How do you um, find more joy in your life in these times, which I don't want to call challenging because I think all times are actually challenging. I mean, especially for me, when I look um, at the outside world, uh, we've been through COVID and now we're in a, a war, you know, or in, there's a war going on and I live in Europe. Um, but, you know, really, I would say, 
I've always been more interested in my personal journey than what's been going on in, outside in the world anyway. I don't want to say that I'm not affected, but, but I'm much more interested in how I um, navigate to have more joy, to have more self-acceptance and, and just feel more love for myself and for um, everyone and everything. And why do I want that? I guess it's because I'm a freedom seeker. And freedom is in being released from all those stories, what we call human bondage. And um, I don't know that I'll ever be fully released because that's part of the dance between 3D and 5D. We, we get to have these, these experiences we perceive as suffering. And then, you know, as we transmute them, um, we come to new expansive state and we have a new perspective on how things go. And I always like to give examples of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to talk about one of the things, themes rather, that, that has come up for me recently. And it's sort of been in my vibration for a really long time because it really, um, uh, something happened that really triggered it. So the theme is rejection. And <clears throat> uh, what happened was really something not very serious. <laughs> it really wasn't serious at all. But that's the thing about these themes that we we get to visit is that it's a little tiny thing, but it triggers something that's historic, right? Something that uh, has been uh, an experience I've lived over and over and over again with different people, places, and things. But it's always this. I mean, it's always the same theme, and I can feel it. So. Um, I live in France, I live outside of Paris, and I have a large group of, well, not a large group, I have a group of friends, several groups of friends, actually. And one group, um, they're really fun, I love them very much. They have no idea what the ascension is, um, but, uh, you know, they, they're exploring reality like I am and, and seeking more freedom as well. Um, their essence is still love, so there's always something you connect with, you can connect with with somebody else. So anyway, in this group of friends, um, you know, there were mostly couples and um, I have a lot of fun. We dance and we have parties and go to dinners and go to restaurants and things like that. <clears throat> anyway, I went to a party at one of my closest friends last Saturday. And so we were about, let's say six couples and it was really fun. We were celebrating a birthday and I danced until the wee hours of the morning. And just as I was getting ready to leave, I'm saying goodbye to some people. And some somebody's husband says to me, oh, well, you know, she's my wife is going to Greece. And, I, and like I, I just was like, what do you mean she's going to Greece? Why don't I know about that? Because she's one of my closest friends. And then I went up to her and I said, you know, you're going to Greece. And she said, yeah, so-and-so invited me. And then I found out that every woman in that party was invited except me. Right. So it, you know, it immediately felt like, like a, a it was an emotional wound. It was just a big shock. And it triggered that feeling of uh, not being good enough, not being loved by others. And it was amazing how it affected me because um, I remember being in shock. And then the next day, which was Sunday, all those stories that I used to tell myself, um, like uh, nobody loves me. I'm not, something's wrong with me. I'm not good enough. Why don't people love me? All those kind of stories started popping up. And what's really cool about 
being able to visit and revisit these kinds of things, which we call triggers, is that um, because I'm I'm a, I'm the master of my my um, reality, and also I'm becoming a master of my triggers. I was able to actually feel these emotions, hear these stories in my head, and yet at the same time I was an observer, right? So I was like. I was, I was sort of like, there was a part of me that was looking at this whole thing going, oh my gosh, you've been here before. This sounds so familiar, right? And you know, I, um, I, I went in and I, I, went, I, I went inside and I started talking to my little girl because it was my little girl who like, we, we call this the, the you know, the, the I'm, I'm thinking in French, but it's, you know. <laughs> It's um, inner child. There we go. Inner child. Um, so I was talking to my little girl who was my inner child and, uh, and I was comforting her because I, I, I felt her calling to me, you know, and I soothed her. And um, uh, yeah, as I'm a, I'm a therapist, I, I, you know, worked on it over the next couple of days, but at the same time, meaning like I was doing tapping and I was having a, a dialogue and connecting and, and moving into my heart center and separating from these stories. And um, I was processing what I was going through. And at the same time, I was feeling the emotion, which actually detached from the story about not getting invited. And it just became like this sadness, you know, it was like energy that just needed to move. And I you know, I would cry, you know, and I, I think it lasted three or four days. And um, I just, every time I felt sad, I allowed myself to cry. And I, I don't, I think it was probably maybe, let's see, that happened on, so Saturday night late. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I think by Tuesday, I was moving into acceptance and detachment. And by Thursday, I was moving into love for the woman who didn't invite me, right? And I was moving into love for myself. And then like, it was just amazing because I felt expanded. I felt um, so much love. And it's funny because I, there's a thing, I'm not going to go to it tomorrow. I've got a lot to do and I'm leaving for the States on Thursday, but uh, there's a, a social event tomorrow that I was invited to. And um, by the way, I was also invited I was invited invited to Greece where they're all going to go, but I was invited to the south of France by somebody else. And I was thinking how interesting the universe works, right? I made that shift and I immediately got invited somewhere else. And um, I was just thinking how interesting it is because even six months or a year ago, um, I don't know that I, I would have reacted. Um, I know I wouldn't have reacted the way I act, reacted this time because six months ago, I was still judging myself for reacting to triggers because I had this idea because I'm a spiritual being and because I've done so much personal development, right? Um, that uh, all that stuff sort of, I've done it. It's been there, done that kind of thing. And in fact, what I, my personal experience is that, is that things come up again and again. And it's funny, I was talking to Isabel about this. I, um, I channeled about it and I was like, I had said to Isabel on the phone, um, rejection is just in my vibration. I'll always probably get some, some form of rejection. And I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, you know, what my guides, um, gave me as a message was that, 
it's there, but I don't have to activate it. Right. I don't have to activate it. I even got like an image. It was like, it's sort of in my DNA. And um, as soon as I like press the activation button, which is believing all those stories, then it becomes stronger. But um, it, so it's really interesting because I don't believe that I have to, I will always react to it. That's what I want to say. And whether I do or I don't, I think it was a, a vehicle for me to release some 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 stories and some emotion around the whole thing uh every once in a while i feel like as an empath i just need to cry so it was a great uh opportunity for that and um it was an expansive experience that's what's really cool about it like just feeling so much love last couple of days acceptance for myself so much more freedom so, um, and also I realized I can let myself off the hook. I can still react to triggers. It doesn't, I'm not a good person. I'm not a bad person. I'm just a human having an experience and I don't have to um, put the bar up so high. I can just be like everybody else and um, not having to be superhuman in that way um, is actually way more fun. So, yeah. So, so that's what I wanted to share um, my experience with my trigger and how expansive it was for me. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what you guys on the panel have to say about your experiences. Thank you so much. Let me jump in that because uh, <clears throat> I have something similar, a rejection that happened to me. Um, not as so long ago as Christmas, with my with my father family and um so rejection i was rejected by my father uh, i organized to go um for christmas and uh we had uh coming together with my sisters and my mother and as i didn't want to have a meeting with my stepmother i just asked my father to meet me outside in a um, restaurant, in, in a bar, to have a cup of tea, something like that. A cup of tea, <laughs> so English. Anyway, um, so long story short, the, the day that was uh, planned for the meeting, uh, my sister calls me in the morning and she says uh, she was not feeling well and uh, uh, my father went to, to, to pick her up and bring her back yeah, to his house because they didn't want her to, to stay alone. And uh, so that was a one hour drive go, uh, to go and back. And, and as she was telling me that, my father was there with her and uh, he, um, he said that if I wanted to see him, I had to go to their house, um, which obviously was not going to happen because I already said not going to happen. And, uh, and so I was there left with a situation where he went, he, he did a one hour trip for my sister. And he was saying that he couldn't do a, a trip for me of half that. So uh, I just, was there saying, okay, all right. Knowing that he's not even conscious of that. 
he doesn't realize that. And um, and at the same moment uh, on the phone, and I also don't know if he knows that I, I could hear him, but he said, I have no son anymore. So I said, hmm, interesting. So um, yeah, that was a, poor, a pure and clear rejection. And I said, okay, right, goodbye. I just said, Merry Christmas and goodbye. What do you want me to do? <laughs> You've been clear. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I, that was a new trigger, right, of, of rejection. But I already kind of knew that I already work on, on the rejection, but that opened me the understanding because up until that moment, I was blaming my stepmother for that rejection. And, and so I, I, then there I realized, actually, it's not my stepmother, it's my father. So uh, I had to take that and, and run with it because I said, okay, <laughs> there you go. And um, as I had already worked on that rejection, it was easier to work on that. <clears throat> because I, I, I was able to say, okay, all right, that's it. But yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't hurt less, still hurt. But then it's, it's just the way it is, right? Uh, it's, it's a huge thing to work on family, especially parents, where you have to realize that that biological connection well, it's only in the physical because the biological exists only in the physical. So to release that expectation or that spatial relationship that we hope to have with our parents, if you have it, great. But if you don't, you're not making, you're not making mistakes. You're not wrong. It's just that it's not there. And, and you have other people that have a function of family and and actually that may or that probably are as we were talking the last round table they probably are also part of, of of our soul family and one way or another in the physical reality they have or we have had that relationship of parents children and, and all of that so it's it's we think that we have to build that up but it's already in us so there you go. <laughs> so how do you feel about it now, Max? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, great that you asked us because there is a follow up today. Um, and, and so today, uh, uh, my sister sent me a voice message for uh, Happy Easter like that. And as I received, uh, I listened to it, I had the feeling, so the vibration was that she was asked to to send me that message message by my father and stepmother because then i could hear in the behind them right behind i could see it hear their voices so i said oh look it's it's interesting because i i took myself out of it completely I said okay this is what you want this is what you got i'm out you don't have a son good you said it now you have it. 
And and so there, uh, there is already a situation where somehow they try to come back, because then I I see uh, I see that in fact that was not him, um, right? He didn't mean it in the way I took it, but I don't care. I took it the way I decided to take it. You said it, and this is what you get. But for him, that was a trigger, right? To trigger me into something, but I was not there to be triggered because I had my boundaries. So, but then, right, the, the, the thing now is that, <laughs> that an awareness of the meanings of what they say or what they do, and then there is a trying to take it back to come back to some sort of something because well it didn't work out the way they wanted and you see the, the, the thing is now the vibration because it's it's at the level of 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 the vibration bringing that to the way how do you feel that how do you feel the vibration of the situation so for me now i i'm at that where i'm i'm looking mainly of how that feels so that then i'm i'm able to relate to it in a different way as you said one year six months ago even three months ago now it's 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 a uh, in a different level of working with it Very cool. Thank you so much, Max. Kimberly, Isabel? Yeah, I'll jump in. Firstly, I just want to say to you, Max, and to you, Nikki, um, thanks for sharing your stories because, um, you know, especially talking about close relationships and family, we can be quite vulnerable in that. But of course, in you sharing, of course, you can help others out there who are having similar challenges because, you know, challenges with family and close friends is quite common. So, but I can imagine you guys have expanded a lot from it, from what it sounds. So that's, you know, one of our soul lessons when we move through this reality, we get catalyzed by those closest to us. That's how we expand. So with my experience, um, I've been kind of very grateful that the last couple months I haven't had any kind of major triggers or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, the end of last year to up to January, like January, there was a lot of stuff happening. Um, so it's like the universe is like, have a break, chill, you know, chill, just, just ride the rave. So that's what I'm doing. But I would like to share what I'm going through, and that is me um, exploring more of non-linear time. And because basically the background is that for many years, I've had a limiting belief around time, around not having enough time. And this comes back to my childhood that I was always you know, the one always running late. I was always, I don't know, like, yeah, it was, it was known, you know, like Kimberly's always late for everything. I remember at school, <laughs> I think it was, was my U12 formal or U10, no, it was U12. I actually got a laminated award, you know, most days late, you know. <laughs> 
so I've had this kind of theme in my life um, of being late or not having enough time and things like that. So obviously that's part of my, you know, soul contracts because if you look back in your life, if you see a theme, you, you will find that it kind of resurfaces and infiltrates like other areas of your life throughout your life. So I have awareness around this. So anyway, um, I so my fear popped itself and I processed that. So that's why I'm kind of on this flowing state the last couple of months. So basically conditions were presented to myself where um, I was faced with having to do, I guess, non-spiritual work part-time. And I was, at the start, I was very resistant to this because, again, it was this fear of, you know, I need more time to focus on my calling. My calling is, you know, this spiritual work, this overt teaching people, you know, about oneness and how to empower people. And, yeah, I had a lot of fear. And once I processed that fear, that limiting belief of, wow, I'm not going to have enough time because in my limiting belief was linear thinking, right? Because if you have X amount of days, you can only get X amount of time done. So I did a lot of processing and I just was basically like, once I processed it, I surrendered to the universe and I was like, okay, um, whatever comes my way, like work-wise, it's for my high score. So anyway, so now I'm involved in doing part-time things on the side. I guess it's not overtly spiritual, yet I see it as an extension of my spiritual work because um, I'm not always overtly talking about these metaphysical truths, oneness. I am at times, but not always. But it's it's um, an exercise in me expanding my love and connecting with people through my heart, through my energy. So helping them to activate their ascension journey, but through my, I guess, just radiating love, right? Because as you know, when we raise our frequency, when we can open our heart and see oneness in all, we assist in their awakening journey, right? We kind of plant the seed, right? So not all people around us, and we can just be the light. We affect all those around us. And even though they might not consciously become aware of what's what's happening, you, you can you can over time that seed starts to grow right and you water that seed with love so anyways I'm I'm engaging in this new kind of work I suppose and um, I don't know it's just from processing that fear what happens even though I have x amount of days to do my other dedicated work what I find what I'm finding and that's what um, spirit told me too is that these these conditions has presented itself for me to really practice non-linear time, for me to really understand it and to practice it and to and to kind of be love for others in 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 a non-avert way, right? So, and that's what's happened. I could be brushing my teeth, I could just have, I could be riding, you know, going for a journey on the bus, and all of a sudden I get all these information downloads like pockets of information. Yes, I've, I've got them before, but it's more like it's more focused energy and it's and it's more powerful. And even though I'm, I'm having less dedicated days to focus on like um, my projects that I'm doing, I vert spiritual projects, I guess you can say, ascension projects, I'm actually getting a lot more done, right? Even though I have less human days to do it because... I'm just really like letting go of that concept of linear time and 
I'm just going more of the flow. So I'm just getting that those 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 days when I'm really focused with my energy, I get more information downloads. So that's been very interesting. And I feel I've shifted so much in the last couple months. And I thought it would be an opposite, right? I thought if I'm focusing less on my spiritual, so-called, you know, spiritual work, overt work, something, I just had this, I don't know, like a kind of, I was resistant to it. I thought, okay, if I'm less engaged in overt spiritual work, does that mean, I don't know, I've gone backwards or, or something like that. It's complete opposite. And I'm just, I don't know, it's like something within me has woken up. I mean, it, on another level. It's just I'm engaging with so many people, like, uh, you know, physically really connecting my heart to heart with, with people and through my voice and just through my smile and just, not you know, um, non-avert teachings just with my energy. As you know, with vibration, we shift those around us and ourselves through vibration. So it's the way we speak. It's the way we smile. It's the way we you know, we see our situation, right? That uh, affects our own vibration and you affect all those around you. So it's just me being in alignment, being conscious of that. And I don't know, I'm just having so much fun. I'm just, I don't know, I'm just, and I've had lots of feedback from people about how it's changing their day just through me, my cheery voice, just through me connecting. I don't know, it's, it's, um, I don't know. And that's, it's, I guess, the teachings that I want to come across to you is that for those of you who are on this ascension journey, those of you who have gifts, right, don't be, don't be afraid to venture into unknown areas that perhaps it might not be perceived to be your calling because guess what? It is. It's just in disguise. And that's what I discovered you know, some of us, we might have fearful of doing certain, I don't know, roles in our career or doing certain activities where we perceive to be maybe not as important, right? Because I had this thing, it's like, okay, this is the spiritual work. This is that. These are my projects. That's very important. But these other things, this mundane reality, maybe that's not as important, right? So over time, um, I've really embodied this, this, truth that everything is spiritual every interaction every opportunity you can show up and be authentic and just be the love even if it's not in a vert kind of spiritual teaching way but just you connecting and, and active listening and showing empathy and showing compassion and just really being one with all those around you by perceiving them as you you know I mean there's different processes you can do with that different levels of understanding and oneness yes but if you can at least connect in a point of love that we're all the one love energy, you know, and just seeing that every interaction is a spiritual interaction. And the fact that we're able to really embody this, my actual, my avert, my avert spiritual work has increased. And it's just, I don't know, it's just people have noticed, like my husband has noticed a shift with me the last couple of months too. It's just something within me has come, come I don't know, more alive. And that's for me engaging in non-avert spiritual work. So it's the complete opposite that I thought. I thought I had to have every inch of my day, not every inch of my day, but of course I've always believed in a balance, spending time with, you know, uh, family and friends and all the rest and self-care and so forth. But I thought my work aspect had to be all like overtly spiritual, right? Because that's my calling. 
But no, because if when you understand that everything is spiritual, sometimes it, it's just in disguise and it's giving you soul lessons and soul tests and opportunities to process limiting beliefs and opportunities for you to connect to, for you to connect with others that perhaps you wouldn't have been able to reach before. And that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm being able to connect with people that I that I work with. Um, and I've been able to have these deep conversations and, and being able to talk about my work as well as a side effect, right? And just being able to lift the spirits of everyone I work with and in different ways. So it's it's just, yeah, and, and, and with that process, because of my vibration is so high, because I'm, I'm, I guess I am, I don't know, I'm engaging with my heart in more expanded ways because before what would happen is that the, the kind of projects that I do, is it's mostly online, right? So all my work, I'm kind of at home, you know, in my office. And when I see clients, it's online, right? And that's fine. That's great. I get to connect with people online, but to be physically around a lot of more people. And I don't know, it's just those moments and those days where I'm really focused my energy on the avert spiritual teachings, the ascension teachings and what, you know, what I'm here to assist awakening is the, the oneness remembrance, right? It's like, yeah, it's just my energy is more focused and getting more intense downloads and just more like, I don't know, it was, it was kind of like because I had all these days to do my projects, my focus would sometimes be here, be there, which is fine because I listen to my guidance. And, you know, sometimes I'll be on this project and go to that project. That's how the, the universe works with me. They don't like me to start and finish one project. It's very non-linear with me. Again, with my theme with me of non-linear time and, and linear and non-linear time, that kind of whole dance and it's kind of, you know, fits in with oneness, right? So linear time is kind of associated with duality and non-linear time is the multi-dimensional nature of a oneness reality, so when we can really embody that, understand that, even if you guys out there who maybe have to work nine to five, but you have these spiritual gifts and maybe you're like frustrated or whatever it is, and you're like, you want to share your gifts, but maybe you don't have the, the opportunity or maybe you just don't have the conditions, understand that you can still do what you came here to do. It's just you have to. And that was a lesson for me. I had resistance to it, just to understand that your gifts will always be there no matter what kind of work you're engaging in. If you can just open your heart and connect with your heart and just go with the flow, you'll find opportunities will arise and you will find it's just, yeah, the universe works in mysterious ways. And it's, um, yeah, it's just like our missions, you know, for those of you who feel like you have a calling to help others, sometimes it's not in ways that you that you expect all the time right so if you can understand that universe does work in those mysterious ways like soul lessons in disguise and it comes like that for us to be to kind of trigger us in a way because I know it triggered me I was so resistant you should see how fearful I was I was like oh my god if I have to do any other uh, you know work what's going to happen to my my other projects it's going to can't go behind like what does it mean for who I am like all this kind of crap associated with my identity persona again like my role and and I don't know it's just it was it was yeah I I had to do a lot of processing let's just say but like I said the last couple months I've just been I don't know it's just I feel like even my and I've been talking to um you guys here well I know I have been with Isabel that you know since since Christmas 
even my my direction is shifted for me professionally um, as well. Whereas, you know, when I started all this, you know, you know, I mean, I started off as a counsellor, right? And then I discovered I could channel, right? That was my process. And I was so fixated on all like the metaphysical stuff and the, you know, what's going out in the cosmos and, you know, all that kind of thing. But then like, especially like the last, I don't know, six months or so, the really spirit's really focusing on me to to kind of everything that I've learned and remembered, right? Because we already know all this information. We're just here on a memory journey being able to really embody this information of how the universe works, but to really embody it in physical reality, because that's why we're here. We're here to actually live in physical reality. We're here to embrace it, to be able to see the spiritual gifts and lesson physical reality, not to be like, oh, this reality is is not advanced. Let's focus on my life on another planet. Let's focus what's going on in that planet. Well, what's going on with that race and that race and what's going on out there, right? But some of us were not as focused on our present physical reality because perhaps our condition are not very favorable or we just we might see events that's happening in the world and we just think what's going on with our planet what's going on with our civilization and so forth but understand we're so truly advanced and once you get to a stage where you can see the spiritual and the love and the perfection everything in our reality that's when you really shift so even though conceptually I knew that even though conceptually I thought, okay, everything is spiritual, but now that I've really embodied it and I now understand even on a deeper level, nonlinear time, like I said, like it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, in the past, it will, you know, I often have multidimensional conversations with Isabel and another friend of ours, Astrid, like a future self. I'm talking to them in like a future dimension. It's very interesting. We've talked about this before, but, but now it's just like, just, you know, five minutes brushing my teeth, all of a sudden, douche, 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 all this information, what to do today. Um, God is on a project, but it's very sharp, like very intense, very clear pockets of information now. And um, and I'm not in like, you know, a lot of the time we think we get our information when we're like, you know, sleeping or when we're in meditation. Yes, that happens. But I'm finding because I've opened, I, I've, I've been able to put myself more in the present moment and just going more of the universal flow. And I'm just, get, yeah, getting pockets of information, crazy things, just waiting for a bus, boom, downloads or this, that. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just I'm really integrating and embodying this um, nonlinear uh, living in reality, I guess. And that's, yeah, so that's my journey at the moment. I'm just loving life. And, yeah, it's just I feel like, yeah, I've just shifted a lot in the last two months. And, um I don't know. I'm just really embracing physical reality and I'm loving it. So yeah, that's my little story for today. Thank you. That was amazing. Isabel. Your story. (laughs) Okay, friends. Do you want me to tell you, um, do you want me to go into rejection or do you want me to tell you the, the recent story about hideous? Hideous or rejection? You decide. You decide. Oh, I was going to say, let's make it a game and take a vote. No, you need to follow inspiration. Give us a juicy story. A juicy story. I'll go actually into hideous. Um, It was, it's because it's recent. So hideous kept on coming into 
my thoughts, just um, my body's hideous, my skin is hideous. And it was really um, interesting how specific the word was on hideous. And I knew it wasn't random and I didn't do anything for it for a little bit. I kind of just observed the word hideous coming into my thoughts. And so I, when I was ready, I decided to go, I looked up actually before I, before I went in, I looked up the word hideous because I was worried. I, um, I kind of get clues on etymology of the word hideous. And it was very much fear, terror, disformity, um, just what you thought the word hideous means. And it's been, it was like a French word, old French, Latin, whatever. So I said, all right, I'm going to go within hideous. As I went into hideous, what surprised me <clears throat> was Medusa came. And I knew Athena um, had Medusa's uh, face on her shield. And so when Medusa arrived, um, I said, hi. And she said, she's here to help me with being hideous. And I said, really? Because usually you have to do soul work alone. So I was really surprised that a celestial being came to assist me on the hideous. She said, I wanted to share my story with you. And I said, all right. And she said, the story, what humanity may not real realize, but I was so mad at man. I was so angry that I reflected their fear and terror. And so they became paralyzed and almost turned into stone because my fear was so intense that when they looked upon me, it reflected back into them to their own fear and they were paralyzed. And it was really for us to go within. And so the monsters being hideous, what is hideous, my child? What you perceive as being hideous can be beauty to another. What is hideous, a monster might be hideous to humans, but the monster to the mother is beautiful. And so there are all these spectrums of being hideous and a monster. And they are all necessary for all of us to have <clears throat> these perceptions because fear and terror is really a frequency of love. 
And it's really to assist us to accepting all parts of ourselves, being hideous, ugly, disformed, a monster, whatever it is, it really is beautiful. And that was so freaking cool. <laughs> I can't stand it. It was so cool connecting with Medusa. It was so cool seeing the monsters. It was so cool to see the monster within me. It was so cool. And then so I started to cry and I kissed all the monsters. And I said, thank you. Thank you for reflecting our fears. Thank you for being hideous. And I was just so grateful because it really is it really is just a perception. It really, you know, whether you think you're hideous or ugly or disfigured or mean or whatever, whatever you think you are, it's part of all that is. And it's bringing, it's feeling it as unity, as oneness. Can I accept monsters? Can I accept being hideous? Can I accept seeing or feeling the different perspectives? And um, so that, that has been my mentorship um, from the non-physical for the past six months. We went into uh, rejection, shame, discouragement, and whatnot. And just recently was hideous. So that's it. That's what's going on with Isabel Zimmerman. Isabel, I love that. I love that. You said something which I find very interesting. And I'd like you to elaborate, <clears throat> if you don't mind. You said um, hideous is, what did you say? It's, um, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's love. Did you say that? Talk to us about that. Yeah, talk to us about that. Please. When you, you know, Nikki, when you and I were talking about um, somebody being born beautiful, somebody born disfigured, whatnot. It seems, and Kimberly, this goes back to your conversation, your story. Everything that we experience, whether it's a story, a fairy tale, physical reality, non-physical, it's all one. And I'm beginning to really understand dreams, stories, the now moments, wherever you are, it's just visiting different levels of consciousness and different forms of expression of love because everything, all that is, is love. It's our perception of a monster or hideous as wrong, is not beautiful. And we cannot see why there's a purpose for monsters or hideous acts of crime. And that's a tough one because hideous acts of crime 
you cannot help immediately judge it as wrong. How dare they? How could they? But there are many, many things going in play. And it's all for our expansion. And it's all for us to accept everything, which is a process. So no separation, no judgment, but acceptance and bringing it into beauty, love, understanding, whatever that level of frequency you can achieve, even if you have to bring it into neutrality. It doesn't matter. It is a process. But the oneness aspect is really seeing how how much separation and duality is still experienced within me personally and integrating it, integrating it and accepting it and then feeling it as beautiful. So I remember when Isis would say to me in the very beginning, guys, the wanted, the unwanted is wanted. The unwanted is wanted. The unwanted is wanted. What you do not prefer about yourself is wanted. It has been chosen. You picked it. You brought it forth in this physical reality. Everything is wanted. So my pain and suffering, what I perceive is my pain and suffering, the the hurt, the sadness, the depression, whatever I experience, the physical pain, the mental pain, it matters not. It was all wanted. And it's a hard one to accept when you have had trauma to understand your trauma was wanted. Your rejection was wanted. And that is the work. And I do believe there are phases and stages of this work. I do believe you have to go through many layers. I do believe you have to look at it from different angles and perspectives. I do believe that you get um, put into different situations to look at the same situation. Because it's all in our soul field. It's all in our consciousness. And we're unifying our consciousness. And this is why a lot of us are experiencing intense dreams. A lot of us are remembering different aspects of our lives that are happening now. Like Kimberly's talking about her future self. Max, I know you know, you know, the Vietnam, you know, Chris from Ohio. And you're, you, you are remembering your hybrid children and you are remembering other parts of your field. Nikki, I know you are remembering other aspects of your field, right? Or a greater understanding or your guides show you something, right? And it's because we, we, were, we came into this physical uh, incarnation separated. We, we, we separated and this ascension is really bringing us back into wholeness and oneness. And it's through our vibration and through our beliefs that we ascend, but really all we're doing is we're bringing it back inside and we're going inside and we're focusing inside more. Nikki asked me the other day, she said, Isabel, what, what excites you? 
because I said to her, the things that normally um, I enjoy, I enjoy, but not at the same level. And she's like, what's exciting you? And I said, my consciousness is exciting me. I'm going within. I'm remembering more. And it's so exciting. And I am present in this physical reality because that's where my consciousness is too. And so I can have both. And how cool is that? So that's my Medusa story. That's so exciting. I love what you just said. And um, it's, you know, that it really is exciting to be on this journey, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I feel like I've moved to a place where the bad doesn't feel so bad anymore. In fact, the bad doesn't even exist. And I was thinking about, you know, your experience with hideous and, and you reminded me of that, that um, I watched a video. I told you, I watched a video on YouTube where there were all these like deformed kids and stuff. And, um, and I, I was plagued by this. I, I was struck in some 3d mindset where it was like, why would anyone come onto this planet to have this experience? And I, um, I channeled and I, and they said, um, because, because it's just an experience, that's it. Like everything else, even the hideous, it's just an experience. And every opportunity we, we have to detach from what we we identify as wrong, right? So we get all these um, incredible uh, challenges, you know, and it's, 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 I'm the one that's calling that a wrong experience, right? I'm the one who's calling my own experiences, contrasting experiences. They're actually, they're actually very expansive, right? But I, I, I've said this before, like I give my emotions stars and joy gets four and, um, heartache and sadness, it's, you know, it's, there's no stars for those. And what's interesting on this journey for me anyway, is that I'm, um, I'm becoming more neutral around that stuff. Even if it's there, I'm not judging my judging it as wrong or bad. It's just what is. And I did want to quickly, um, say to Kimberly about her experience uh, that I had a similar experience. I, um, I volunteer, I do a volunteer thing in, in Paris, um, once a year. And I did this, like, it was a day sale and it's a lot of Americans come and we're an association. It's private. And I had so much fun and it was, it had changed because of COVID and it used to be a big thing. And now everything sort of changed. And, you know, as humans, I don't know about you guys, but I want everything to stay the same, nice and safe and comfortable. And everything was different. The people were different. The people running it, you know, I've been in this association about 25 years and I'm like, who are these young chicks that are changing everything around? And at first I, my, my feathers were a bit ruffled with all this change. And then I, I just stepped right into it and I embraced the situation and I had the time of my life. I kid you not. I made three new friends that all have contacted me since I, that thing. And it was way better than any of the previous events because I was locked into some other kind of mindset. So change is a great, uh, a great catalyst 
for forging new experiences and stepping out of, you know, these old identities, you know, and, um, and that's, I think one of the things about like getting this job, Kimberly, um, when you put yourself in a new situation, you know, we are vulnerable because we're not in what we know. And so it allows us to be more open-hearted, you know, instead of closing up. And um, this thing about, what did you call it? You called it overt teachings or something like that. I was thinking about it. Like I had so many like love experiences from that thing in Paris. And, you know, in, in September, my husband had this huge heart attack. You guys know, and he was in intensive care for like two weeks. And it was very, you know, it was very, it was a big event in our family life. And in you know, all the friends and all that. And what I want to say is that about it is that prior to my husband's heart attack, I sort of had grouped everyone. Like my spiritual friends are my real friends. And then like the people in the 3D community are fun, but they're not quite as important as my spiritual friends. And it was so interesting because people came out of the woodwork to give us support and love. And I realized we're all the same. We're all equally worthy. We don't have to have a hierarchy, right? And that um, my heart just opened up and I realized every single person that I know or even don't know has a heart and their essence is love. And all I have to do is remember that and I can connect and, and, it's amazing what can happen when, when I let go of the identities and I let go of the stories and I move into my heart center and I open, you know, and um, that's just amazing. Um, does anybody else want to jump in here? No, I was thinking we should uh, wrap it up and find out who's hosting next. Great. All right, Max, you don't have anything else you want to say, honey? Oh uh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, just uh, a big thank you for to everyone that is uh, watching, listening. I uh, in in my last retreat, I met actually someone that uh, is watching, probably watching this. Uh, so this inspires me really to say thank you to everyone that is connecting with us, and uh, you're great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Yes, thank you, everyone. And um, we'll be getting together in uh, two weeks. And who's our host for next uh, next time? Kimberly. I think it's, is it me? I don't know. Was other me or you, Max? I can't remember. But... Kimberly. Okay, it's me then. Yay! <laughs> All right, listen, let's close this up. Thank you, everyone who listened, uh, who is listening to this. And um, we'll see you again soon. And uh, I love you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, I got to figure out. Here we go. Hang on. <laughs>